section two of the rover volume one number twenty four this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the rover volume one number twenty four edited by seba smith and lawrence labrie section two the black knight the dark knight of the forest so from his armor named and sable helm whose unbared visor mortal never saw the storm still raged with unabated violence and the wind as it howled around him dashed to and fro the waving plumes upon the helmet of the knight but he heeded it not and continued to urge his coal-black steed toward the dark and gloomy forest the wind stayed its fury for a space and the moon broke suddenly between two warring clouds as if she would have calmed with her soft holy light the furious tempest that was raging around that momentary light gave to view the night upon his coal-black steed entering the precincts of the forest as darkness again closed the sound of approaching steeds was heard and a deep hoarse voice exclaimed curses on the storm is there no place of shelter nearer than your father's castle lady swear not replied a soft female voice swear not count gondibert lest you bring down heaven's vengeance on our heads there is no place of shelter save this forest and i will not enter it why fear you this fair lady replied the other am i not here to guard and to protect you can you fear the straggling bandits who infest it it is no human power i fear my lord replied the soft voice it is a shuddering dread of another kind hast thou forgotten the legend of the forest how a brave knight was basely murdered there returning to his young and lovely bride by a revengeful and disappointed rival i cannot enter it my lord i'll rather brave the fury of the storm hark hark the sound of horses feet is beating in the forest count gondibert listened but before he had time to prepare for defence there was a rush from its dark bosom and in a moment they were surrounded by horsemen the lady bertha shrieked count gondibert drew his sword and called on his attendants to defend themselves they quickly drew forth their firearms but fear or the darkness prevented their making a vigorous defence against their assailants and they began to give way one of the robbers laid his hand upon the bridle of the lady bertha's palfrey while count gondibert in vain endeavoured to defend and to release her but it was done by another hand one blow from a stranger's sword severed the arm from the body and the lady bertha's steed was released on all sides the banditti felt the power of a strong arm but darkness prevented them from distinctly seeing the form which dealt these strokes of death unprepared for this attack from the feeble resistance which had at first been made terror seized the banditti and they fled before that arm of power 
the moon again shone forth it was the night on his coal-black steed it is the night of the forest shrieked bertha and hid her face with her trembling hands count gondibert shuddered and laid his hand on the lady's bridle to lead her away but the knight also laid his hand upon it and it fell from that of the count count gondibert spoke not the lady bertha trembled with affright and the knight in silence led the palfrey toward the castle of her father baron adelbrett von edelstein they arrived at the castle gates and paused for the horn of warning hung on the side where the black knight rode and no one dared to approach it for a moment they were immovable but at last the knight raised the horn to his lips the tones pierced lady bertha's heart they seemed mysteriously to awaken remembrances of past scenes feelings of mingled pleasure and of pain she felt as if the spirits of those she had once loved were hovering around her to guard her from the evils of a turbulent world from which her pure spirit would gladly have fled for ever these feelings overpowered her already agitated mind and when the gates were opened she was taken in an almost insensible state from her saddle the knight on his coal-black steed slowly retraced his way toward the forest and baron adelbrett receiving his fainting daughter in his arms eagerly inquired the cause of the situation in which he beheld her count gondibert related the adventure the baron looked disturbed and asked whether the knight wore sable armor and rode a black horse he did replied count gondibert didst thou remember to utter a prayer asked the baron solemnly count gondibert started beware of that knight count gondibert canst thou forget the tradition that the fate of thy house depends on such a form shouldst thou meet him three times and forget to utter a prayer thou art lost the count remained in gloomy silence the baron now dismissed bertha who had revived to her chamber and turning with a smile toward the count he inquired what progress he had made in bertha's affections during the time of their residence together at the castle of her uncle whence they had just returned count gondibert contracted his brows and a dark fire flashed from under them as he answered in a haughty tone that the lady bertha had peremptorily refused to listen to his suit and he feared he must aspire to no more than her friendship her love added he with a bitter smile still appears to be buried in the grave of the page the baron frowned but smoothing his features he said it is nearly a year count gondibert since the mysterious death of albert and bertha may surely now be one to think of a lover more befitting her than an unknown boy she speaks not of him she seems to lament him not the baron was here interrupted by the soft sound of a lute and bertha's voice was heard singing in tones of deep feeling the following song this mournful heart can dream of naught but thee as with slow steps among thee shades i move and hear the nightingale from tree to tree sighing i love i love this mournful heart wakes to one thought alone that still our fatal parting will renew to hear that bird when spring's last eve is gone sighing adieu adieu the baron said no more and the conference was broken up 
the following morning count gondibert sought an interview with the lady bertha and renewed his suit but she repulsed him with indignation and displeasure at his thus breaking through the solemn promise he had made her never to resume the hated subject the count sprung on his steed and galloped from the castle rage and vengeance burning in his breast absorbed in dark reflections he drew near the forest without observing that he did so she shall be mine exclaimed he aloud were all the powers of darkness leagued against me they may assist thee said a deep voice beside him he looked up the knight on his coal-black steed was there he shrunk back and muttered a prayer though prayer was a stranger to his lips in silence he rode and the black knight by his side till he arrived at his own castle gates when the knight slowly retraced his way to the forest a superstitious terror scarcely now permitted count gondibert to leave his castle lest he should again encounter the black knight but it did not hinder him from laying plans for the accomplishment of his diabolical purpose my mind is sad to-day said bertha to her attendant and i feel a wish to recline on the banks of the dark rolling danube the deep shade of its trees will be in accordance with the sadness of my soul ah my lady replied matilda i too feel this heaviness upon me as if some misfortune were impending over us but i shrink from the thoughts of that sombre spot which without increasing our cheerfulness must lay us open to a thousand dangers go not to it my lady rather from the secure battlements of your father's castle let us look out upon the surrounding rich variety of prospect which cannot fail to cheer and revive our drooping spirits but bertha would not listen to matilda's remonstrances and turned her steps toward the dark stream scarcely were they within the shade of the forest though whose boughs waved mournfully in the sighing breeze when bertha felt the gloom deepening in her mind and sad thoughts which filled her eyes with tears came crowding fast upon her ah matilda said she as they proceeded how like is this shade to my darkened life i felt the morning light of joy behind and there remains for me but the night of grief at that moment she felt herself enveloped in a close covering which obscured her sight and stifled her voice she heard the shriek of matilda but she heard no more for a powerful arm was thrown around her she was hurried along placed on a steed before a horseman and borne swiftly away long did they ride at a rapid pace but at last the horseman paused and removing the covering a little he raised some wine to bertha's lips she turned her head aside and refused to drink it take it said the horseman it may help to sustain you in what you have yet to undergo merciful heaven exclaimed she for what am i doomed tell me tell me by all your hopes of heaven for what am i reserved drive me not i implore thee to despair innocence should never despair said the horseman sternly and again raised the wine to her lips his words insensibly infused courage into the bosom of bertha and raising her thoughts to heaven in prayer she took the offered beverage to renew her fast-failing strength at length they stopped and she was taken from the steed by the horseman a horn was sounded low 
and she heard the clanking of the chains of a drawbridge letting down she shuddered but remembering the words of the horseman innocence should never despair she made no resistance and suffered herself to be led across the bridge into what she imagined to be the courtyard of a castle a door was opened and her conductor let her down a flight of steps oh heaven thought she is it to a dungeon i am to be taken but she spoke not after descending some steps they kept upon level ground then ascended a long staircase and her guide put a key into a door which seemed to bar their further progress he opened it and drawing bertha within said you may remove the bandage but before she could do so he had retreated and locked the door behind him in place of a dungeon she now found herself in a magnificent apartment she gazed around her in astonishment but something like the truth flashing upon her mind she exclaimed rather to a dungeon she now threw herself upon a couch and endeavoured to strengthen her mind for what she expected would soon follow but she was interrupted in her reflections by the opening of a door at the other end of the apartment a female entered and approached bertha who knew not in what light to consider her as she appeared to be too elegantly attired for an attendant why am i here asked bertha rising with some haughtiness in her air and who dares thus to treat a daughter of the baron von edelstein the female made no reply to her question but surveyed bertha with a scrutinizing glance and the result of her observations was not evidently pleasure there was something about this female which made bertha shrink and turn away from her gaze the dark foreign look the large black eye of fire the compressed lip for a moment alarmed bertha but the dignity of innocence could not forsake her and offended at the insolent survey she turned her clear but dove-like eyes upon her the bold eye sunk under that calm look for what purpose am i here repeated bertha i am appointed to attend you replied the female not to answer your questions supper waits will it please you to partake of it bertha only waved her hand in silence and again sunk upon the sofa in tears here is your apartment when you choose to retire opening a door near to where bertha sat bertha made no reply and with a haughty step the other left the room on entering the chamber she examined every window and door but they were all firmly secured there lay no hope that way and throwing herself down on the couch without undressing her weary spirit was soon calmed in deep sleep bertha awoke not until the morning was far advanced and soon after the female she had seen the preceding evening entered and inquired how she had rested i rested well said bertha what did terror and despair not keep you from rest inquired she with a contemptuous smile innocence should never despair said bertha calmly the eyes of the female flashed fire and she looked steadfastly upon bertha whose serene innocent countenance indicating no reproof she resumed her composure and showed bertha into an adjoining room for some days she saw no one save this woman who relaxing little in her insolence of manner bertha asked no more questions and there was an almost total silence observed on both sides 
one evening however she appeared to be singularly agitated and paced the room involuntarily clasping her hands as if bitter thoughts crossed her and occasionally gazing on bertha with a bewildered glance who now began to be alarmed the female perceived it and immediately calming her emotion she took a lute from the table and commenced tuning it her hand trembled as she swept the chords but it was a hand that knew to touch it well and she sung the following song with an unsteady voice the wind howls wild in the hollow oak breathing its anthem drear the raven pours with answering croak the boding notes of fear the shrieks the sobbings of despair are bursting through the midnight air the startled eagle soaring springs high from his cliffy home the screaming sea-fowl flaps her wings o'er surging billows foam and bursts of woe and moanings deep are echoing round the beetling steep shrill screams and low heart-rending moans rise on the troubled gale o oh, human anguish swells these tones tis a lovelorn maiden's wail and the heart heaves sick and the blood runs chill as ye list to a wail so wild and shrill still creaks and moans the hollow oak when the storm sweeps through the wood and the raven pours his boding croak when he scents the smell of blood and the prey birds scream for their dire repast when a warrior's form from the rocks is cast but the maidens wail tis silent now her tears they are wiped away a mantling flush laughs o'er her brow and there's joy in her eyes bright ray she smiles at the tale that her new lover sighs while all forgotten the lost youth lies albert albert exclaimed bertha wringing her hands and rushing up to the singer woman she continued who has persuaded thee to torture a heart already almost broken with grief who dare say that albert is forgotten the female appeared awed for a moment then fixing her eyes upon bertha swear to me she cried that he is still remembered swear to me that you will resist count gondibert even unto death and a way for escape may yet be found indignation sparkled for a moment in bertha's eye as if she would have said wretch thou knowest not the pure constancy of a virtuous woman's love but repressing her feelings she replied my constancy is firm unto death i never will be count gondibert's bride a tear for the first time appeared in those large black eyes then i shall be your friend resist and fear not saying which she rose precipitately and left the apartment bertha threw herself upon a sofa and wept but she was soon roused by a heavy footstep in the chamber she started up and count gondibert stood before her he forcibly seized her hand which she in vain attempted to withdraw i have cursed the moments that have kept me from thee said he but now that i am with thee nothing shall tear us asunder till thou art mine thou loved though scornful one base unmanly villain exclaimed bertha dashing him from her i command thee to restore me to my father darest thou in thy dastard soul ever to hope for my consent away traitor nor dare to lay thy coward hand upon me resistance is in vain cried the count enraged at her contempt 
this night seize you my bride nothing can rescue you from my power in three hours everything will be ready prepare to submit in silence to your inevitable fate monster no power shall make me thine heaven will protect me trust in heaven then replied he with a scornful laugh for no earthly aid can reach you saying which he left the apartment and bertha trembled at the fate which seemed to await her two hours passed away in dreadful agitation and bertha began to fear that the promised assistance of the female attendant was in vain when at last she hastily entered the apartment motioning bertha to keep silence she proceeded to array her in bridal garments and threw a long white veil over her she had scarcely completed these arrangements when the door was opened and count gondibert appeared all is ready said the count i come to lead my bride to the altar villain i will not said bertha grasping the sofa approach me not at thy peril carry the lady into the hall said the count turning to his attendants they approached the terrified bertha and amid her struggles and cries to heaven for succour they bore her into the hall the hall was hung with tapestry and but dimly lighted a large mirror was on one side before which stood the priest who was to perform the ceremony if thou art a true minister of our religion cried bertha i charge thee in the name of heaven from aiding in this most unholy design peace exclaimed the count stamping violently proceed added he addressing the priest who now opened the book stop i command you again cried bertha oh aid me heaven as she uttered these words she raised her eyes and the figure of an armed warrior met them reflected in the opposite mirror it was that of the black knight and bertha uttering a heart-piercing shriek fell lifeless on the floor the count grasped his sword but the lights were suddenly extinguished and the deep tones of a well-remembered voice near him made his blood run cold where is thy prayer gondibert it inquired another time and thy fate is sealed lights were soon brought by some of the terrified attendants all remained apparently undisturbed in the hall save the unhappy victim who closely enveloped in her veil lay extended on a sofa ha exclaimed the count on observing her bertha still here then i defy the powers of light and darkness she shall yet be mine proceed the ceremony shall now be completed motionless she was raised from the sofa and apparently having no power to resist the priest performed his office the count approached and raised the veil damnation burst from his lips he struck the frail form to the ground and rushed from the hall it was the mysterious female whom we have formerly noticed bertha was gone when bertha recovered from the swoon into which she had fallen she found herself in her father's castle supported by him and surrounded by her anxious attendants heaven be praised said the baron my child revives bertha slowly raised her eyes and looked bewildered around where am i cried she then perceiving her father she threw her arms round him and wept on his bosom who has restored me to thee my dear father who has saved your child from so horrid a fate what fate my child you know it not then but she added wildly who brought me here the black knight brought you to the castle gate and blew a fearful blast he spoke not and on his coal-black steed he slowly retraced his way to the forest the black knight of the forest shuddered bertha she then related to the baron count gondibert's cowardly baseness and the dreadful fate which had been averted the baron's proud eye flashed fire 
gundiver shall rue this deed but tell me all my child bertha began her relation but on reaching that part where the female attendant had sung her voice faltered again assuming courage she exclaimed with much emotion oh my father my heart is in albert's grave since his disappearance from the castle and the dreadful death he is said to have met with i have known no happiness no peace no rest i can never love another the baron's brows contracted and his indignation rose shame on thee bertha a page an unknown low-born boy shame shame on thee to confess it father said she raising herself proudly he was no low-born boy she paused her voice again faltered why should i now conceal it since he is no more he was the son of berthold thy deadliest foe the baron started from his seat his eye flashed on the pale-cheeked maiden who bent like a lily at the threatening blast my deadliest foe and my daughter loved him where was the noble blood that should have risen to revenge thy father's wrongs i cast thee from me thou lovest not thy father or thou would have hated his bitterest enemy o oh, my father cried bertha clasping her hands albert was not thy enemy he knew his father injured thee and he lamented it he came to thy castle as a deserted youth to seek thy kind protection and by services of love to make thee reparations for a father's faults he saw and loved me father forgive us i am restored to thee as by a miracle o oh, cast me not from thy bosom from thy protecting arms the baron sought to subdue his emotion but casting a glance of displeasure on bertha he hastily left the apartment without replying to her appeal exasperated at the villainous conduct of count gondibert the baron determined to attack him in his castle and punish his unmanly attempt but the count having heard that bertha was restored and conjecturing what would be the consequences when the baron was informed of his conduct he resolved not to await the result one night therefore when all in the castle of the baron were buried in sleep with a strong force he attempted to surprise it and to carry off the lady bertha the alarm was given all flew to arms but they were taken unprepared and their numbers being greatly inferior they gave way before their assailants who had already forced the gates to the tower to the tower shouted gondibert seize the lady bertha and he rushed to the staircase which the baron bravely defended young and powerful and instigated by double motives of love and revenge gondibert bore down all opposition and having cut his way to the baron he had just aimed a thrust at his breast when his arm was struck down with violence and the black knight stood before him again exclaimed the count may all the powers of vengeance seize thee aiming a blow in desperation at the sable figure thy fate is sealed said a deep voice and one stroke from a powerful arm laid gondibert bleeding on the ground confess thy sins before thy treacherous soul takes its eternal flight said the black knight as he bent over his victim make reparation for thy misdeeds the lady bertha rushed from the tower my father my father she cried i will die with thee but on beholding the scene she stood riveted to the ground the knight's sword still hung suspended over the fallen gondibert confess again said his deep-toned voice gondibert half raised himself lady i would make the reparation albert died not he is in the dungeons of my castle albert is here said the black knight as he raised his helmet gondibert's spirit fled bertha shrieked and fell into her father's arms the baron's breast heaved convulsively he stood irresolute 
albert advanced toward him and sunk on his knee my father injured thee in the duty and faithfulness of a son permit me to atone for those injuries thrice have i saved the lady bertha from worse than death let the good deeds i may have done thee and my constancy and sufferings be repaid by her hand baron adelbert von edelstein dost thou grant my suit the baron's struggles were past he put the lady bertha's hand in that of the youthful warrior and turned aside to hide a starting tear end of section two